Listener Production. Morning, morning. It is game day. Australia taking on Afghanistan here today in Mumbai. <laughs> As the traffic rolls past me. Prep is done for the game, which is good. That's out of the way, so I'm just going for a bit of a stroll before we go off to the game. Talked a bit on the show about how hot it is here and how oppressive it is out in the middle for the players. Something I haven't mentioned that I've been thinking I need to bring to your attention. It's in the papers everywhere here and it's being discussed by a lot of people in the cricket community, both the players, the journalists, is the air quality. Now, this is not me having a crack at what's happening in India because I think you've understood how much I think it's just a wonderful place here and it's a brilliant place to visit. But air quality is an issue in some of the major Indian cities. So I've done a bit of research. So Melbourne today the air quality generally around Melbourne on the AQI, the air quality index, was 32. Now, anything between zero and 50 is good. So Melbourne is 32, moderates 50 to 100. The scale goes up. Anything above 300 is listed as hazardous. So today, in Mumbai, at the moment, as I'm speaking to you, the air quality, with 300 being hazardous, is 326. So when you go out and about, walking as I have been, if you're out for an hour or so, you come back and to not put too fine a point on it, your nose is quite clogged up and your eyes get a little bit gritty. And I didn't twig to what was going on until people started telling me about this. So the next thing people tell you, and the cricketers say, oh, well, you reckon Mumbai's bad, you gotta get to Delhi. Now, Delhi apparently has the worst AQI, air quality index, I'm an expert now, on the planet. So Delhi today, remember 300, anything above 300 is hazardous. Delhi today is 418, which can't be good. So here in Mumbai, every day I've been here so far, it's been 36, 37 degrees plus. There's not a cloud in the sky, but you don't, actually really see the sky. There's no real blue sky ever to be seen because of this blanket of pollutants that is hanging over the city. And it's it's right on the ocean, it's on the Arabian Sea, so you get the occasional light sea breeze, but it doesn't seem to do much for the pollution. So it seems to be part of the way of life here. They're trying to do a lot of things about it. So today in Mumbai, and you read about it, There's a ban on construction today. You're not meant to be operating in a diesel vehicle today. And my personal favourite, there's a lot of celebrations going on at the moment with various festivals. But you can only, and I quote here, reading on the website, bursting of firecrackers. Bursting of firecrackers is only allowed between 7 and 10 p.m. So you can't just be letting off firecrackers in the middle of the day. So today at the cricket, again, I think it's meant to be 39 degrees, a high level of pollutant. Whew, it's going to be hard. One thing that has got me up for today, though, is Maxie's back in the team for Australia, which is extraordinary because you never know what he can do. 
So I'd like to see Maxi get some runs today and maybe Big Marshy as well. He's back. So a lot to look forward to. We'll try and report in from the ground. Magnificent Mumbai is the venue for match 39 of this ICC Men's World Cup. A game with big ramifications. It is Australia taking on Afghanistan. Now check this out. Slices out at Maxwell, jogs through, it pitches and it's four. 50 for Glenn Maxwell. And straight into the gap from Maxwell. When he's on, he just needs to do it so easily. Smashed away on the onside, over the fielder, over the rope. 100 for Maxwell, his second of this World Cup. I said right at the start of this little idea that this wasn't going to be about results, this little audio diary. That roar in the background is here at Wankedi Stadium where Glenn Maxwell just went down on the ground in full cramp for about the fourth time. And that was a roar when he gave the thumbs up to the physio to say, I am going to push on. Maxwell, as I'm talking here, is 147 off 101 balls. Australia were gone against Afghanistan. They need about 60 off 60 to win. He's been out there with Cummins putting on over 100, of which Pat's contributed 11. Maxi bowled 10 overs earlier on today. It was so hot. And he's playing one of the great one-day international innings, possibly in the history of the World Cup. It's hard when you're seeing these things live to get a feel for how it will be viewed historically down the track. But he is physically wrecked Maxwell and just seems to continually be able to hit the ball to the fence or over the fence and needs to because he cannot run between the wickets. He is hobbling between the wickets. The crowd is wanting Afghanistan to win the game, but they are wanting to see this phenomenal knock from Glenn Maxwell to continue. And it's just one of those moments where you can't believe you're here in India to see this live as Maxi. He's now on 148. Loves to get creative, does Maxwell. Just wonder how many of those strokes are going to make a difference to whatever injury he is carrying. Or oh, as he hit that, he pulled up very quickly, did Maxwell. It's almost like a shock went through his body. So now it is the extraordinary scene that Pat Cummins has to walk all the way down to Maxi to have their, what is typically a mid-pitch conversation, but Maxwell literally cannot walk to the halfway point of the pitch. He's a very popular figure in India, Glenn Maxwell. He spends a lot of time here. Can Maxi get the Aussies home? Oh, he's played that on one leg. How he's played that on one leg, he may only be the one to tell you. So much is happening now for Maxwell. He's cramped up now. He's in some serious pain at the moment. And he belts it out to mid-wicket. It's either four or nothing because he can't run. He actually can't run. I haven't seen anything like this. It is just the most astonishing run chase you'll ever see. Everybody here is on their feet. Oh, my goodness gracious me. This is an Indian crowd 
losing it for a bloke from Victoria. Oh my goodness me! Where do you get that from? Maxwell moves into the 190s. Maxie's just hit two sixes in a row. He's on 191 of 126. They need nine of 21. And this will go down as the greatest one-day international innings of all time. I can't believe I'm saying this. Maxwell's going to get them home. And Maxwell hits it! National innings of all time. Unbelievable scenes here. It's goosebumps. He can hardly lift his arms in the air. And with one of those moments, you look back in 20 years and say, you know what? I was in Mumbai and I saw Glenn Maxwell do the impossible. So Watto broke me, and then, was it 189 that he got? So he beat your record? Yep. So that's the voice of the big Queenslander, Matthew Hayden, who has just witnessed what we've seen here tonight, Wayne Ketty. I went down on the boundary and was just watching it. Big man. And you try not to get swept up in the moment, but to me that was the greatest one-day international innings I've ever seen. You have seen Gilly in a World Cup final, like 149, punter in a World Cup final. Articles will be written, there might be a documentary made, but mm. what, like, how do you reflect on that in the immediacy of it? Don't, Don't you know, think too no, hard no, about no, it. No, just what you saw tonight. Oh, this is rare air. This is the yeah. highest ever one-day international score for a batsman that was batting on one leg. This was a partnership with Cummins that got 11... <laughs> In a partnership of 202. Have you got that? So they put on 202 and Paddy made a stylish 11. 11. might have been in the end. But that's an extraordinary partnership, let alone actual batting performance as well. I mean, they were absolutely done, dusted, gone, finished. Because the match is over. Highest record uh, number of runs in an ODI is, is a very special feat. It didn't... On about 155, it struck me for the first time when he went and lay flat on the ground. I hadn't thought mm. of it to that point. I thought... I'm when he sure. looked like a grounded whitey. Well, yeah, he did. <laughs> in fisherman's terms. <laughs> he, was fla- he was flapping around on the <laughs> deck was. like he just had a hook in his mouth. I think the physio was coming out to remove it. <laughs> well, at that point, I thought he's not going to be able to continue <laughs> He's here. done and dusted. And I heard Ricky Ponting in the back of the box say, this is where we need Alan Border to walk out there and say a Queenslander and keep yeah, going, as he said to Dino. Yeah, but yeah. he looked completely... Yeah, he looked finished. And I, I think all of that was good good strategy as well. Like, I, I think Australians, we tend to be very beholden to the laws of the game. And, you know, in this part of the world, you can milk it till the cows come home. Mm. The reality is that that... that little passage of play bought him time and by the end it wasn't moving great no but he was moving yeah you you spend a lot of time in india it's a new world where a bloke from victoria can walk out in mumbai and have fifty thousand people chanting his name like it's a different game you you know you, you got on the back end of that with the ipl but it's 
truly international now, isn't it? It's not country to country. It's Look, you sort of forget how massive the sport is here. You know, more people by about 30 times of the population <laughs> of Australia watch these events yeah. every day. They tune in on digital, on, on the, all the on every broadcast platform and their names just get you know completely um you know thrown out to the masses here which is you know such a scale thing in india it's hard to fathom 1.5 billion people and they all know who maxi is and the big show he's just probably put another on his next million on his ipl contract hey we're at the hotel um yeah. pleasure to work with you tonight big yeah, fella man, and always. a pleasure to see that and uh surf together surely yeah. at some point yeah yeah in india yeah, I've got good play. I've got a board down at Kovalong Stash. So if you get over to um, to Chennai, I've got a I've got a board down there. Yours would be too bigger than mine. No, nah, you'd be alright. I reckon it was okay. when I had a few less kegs as we well. Slightly different size chest. Six, to be fair. six, seven. You'd be gun if you get something <laughs> yeah. massive. You can take off and set the rail. Good man. Good on you, Haydos. Thanks, mate. Just like to check out. Thank you very much, sir. Perfect. Surname Howard. Thank you, buddy. Wednesday, 8th of November. 1.36pm. It's another travel day today. We are going from Mumbai after Maxwell's heroics last night to Bangalore, where I've never been. And my uh, tour guide today is a man that I've worked with for a couple of years now. And we take the piss out of each other a fair bit, but he knows... I speak the truth when I say he is my favourite commentator on the planet and I get more joy out of sitting next to him than anyone I've worked with. His name is Ian Smith. He's the guru and he's my tour guide today. Where are we going? What do you got for me, big man? Well, we can chat for a while before we get to the airport because I'm picking this is around about a 73-minute journey. We're moving quite quickly as we speak yep. and uh, you'll hear horns in the background <laughs> and that's cool. That's a, that's a real... It's, it's like a, a sound of... Composure over here. <laughs> yeah, it could be a rather long journey. Yeah, we're following the Afghanistan bus. I think it's about <laughs> 200 yards in front of me. And then they look a bit flat on that yeah, bus after what happened last night. <laughs> Mate, before we get to what happened last night, you've been in India for six weeks. Um, you've done an amazing job, as you always have. But I've been trying to explain to people on this diary about the love of cricket, cricketers, umpires getting selfies, doctors getting selfies, and commentators being loved as well. What happened when you arrived in customs to enter India this time? Yeah, so, well, it was a stark uh, reminder of just how they love cricket over here because I had uh, checked in or thrown in from Singapore and um, I got to the front of the queue of of my customs, got out the visa, go through all the paperwork, and the guy looked at the passport and he said, New Zealand commentator. Yeah, that's right, he said, barest of margins. I said, yeah. (laughs) So... Right, so then, and so then he said to his mates, he said, commentator, barest margins, cricket, World Cup. They closed their, they closed their lines. They shut down their lines. They shut down their so line. you held up the whole airport. They shut down their lines, come over and had a photo, had a chat. How often do people quote that famous a line lot. from the 2019 final? A lot. He's got it! England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins! By the barest of all margins! Ecstasy for England! Agony! Agony for New Zealand! People say that. And I'll say that before they say your name. It's like weird and but it's cool, you know, it's, it's a bit of recognition and the love of cricket over here is 
it's just hard to fathom, eh? It, it really is. Well, when, when did you first come here? First came here in about 1986, 87, before cell phones, before, you know, a lot of modern technology these days. And we won a test match here for the first time, New Zealand beat. And, and where we are, Mumbai. So yep. it's just incredible to think that we could do that back then. And um, it was an eye-opener back then. And uh, I, then I, I did some commentary and I had a, and on a, a hiatus where I hadn't been here for 20-something years. So I'm back now, and I didn't even um an hour when they said, will you come? And I said, absolutely. Mm. I mean, I just wanted to. And the, the change, um, the, uh, the way they go about things now, passion for the game is not in any way diminished. In fact, it's probably increased with the likes of Coley and Co. But yeah. it's, it's not. The, the country itself is just fantastic. The other thing that they like to talk to you about here is a certain hat-trick involvement, Smithy. Where you've been involved in a hundred years. Yeah, situations. I was. <laughs> Cheat and Sharma. Chet and Sharma. I shouldn't call him Cheat and Sharma. So, what year is this? What year is this? 87. 87. World, World Cup. <laughs> Nagpur. Rutherford, Ken Rutherford out, knocked over. Bold. Ian Smith walks out the bat. Low, skiddy one. Back and across. Bold. You and Chatfield, not the greatest player in the history of the game. <laughs> Bold. Three bolts. But, but they, they, they want to constantly discuss it with you still. Like, I know. Well, it's, it's, you know, that's 35 years later. <laughs> I know. It's unrelenting, isn't it? <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget that because uh, Chet and Sharma came in. I mean, not many people get World Cup hat-tricks. You signed the ball. Chet said, yep, I'll sign it. Don't worry about that. I said, no, you know, no problem at all, mate. Right, just told him to f*** off. Did he? <laughs> So he only got two of the three on the ball. <laughs> I like that. I like that, Smitty. Unnatural! Unbelievable! The most remarkable thing you'll probably ever see in cricket. Staggering! Absolutely mind-blowing! What a win! And he should not have to walk off the park. He should be carried off. What a performance! The lines you come to... How... Is it just a clear mind saying what you're seeing? How do you approach it? Like again, last night with Maxi with the 200, you smashed it out of the park. I just—it's just what I'm thinking. I just saw what I'm thinking. Uh, I think uh, over here in particular, they're very sensitive about an, a few issues in cricket. Like you know, you can't criticise administration or no players, heroes. No. Um, you've got to be very, very careful and stand on firm ground if you do. Otherwise, you get ostracised and probably removed. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so you've got to be a bit careful. But I, I just, I just have the confidence. I think now, probably because I'm getting closer to the end and the beginning of my commentary career. And if, if I get the bullet, so be it. You know, I'm, I, I'm on the pension at home. It's a real so. fatalist approach. I just say to myself, get a Russian. I think that is the Afghanistan <laughs> team right next to us there. Sorry, Russia. <laughs> you know, so I'm just thinking to myself, I just go for it. I, I, I just say what I'm thinking. So I just. I think I just, I'm lucky I've, I've got the confidence to absolutely say what I think mm. uh, at the time. And I'd, I'm not sure I can depart away from that now. And, and I've said, you know, I've said to you numerous times that if you're commentating, then I need to listen. I love 
that you bring the passion, the excitement, but the humour as well, which is a big part of our commentary in Australia. I, I love combinations in commentary. Mm. You know, there's, as you well know, there's people who just, you sit alongside and you know it's going to be a fun 30 minutes. Yep. Skull's one of those guys. But, you know, Skull's great in that um, he's so well-researched. He's always, he's prepared for most situations, and he's so, so well-rehearsed. And he sits, as he said, I go on the wing, down the far end. He doesn't <laughs> want to sit in the middle or do anything else. I, I just go on the wing or flank it. He, he, so I like working with him. It, it's, it's easy. But I, I really find that everyone is different. Everyone is their own... It's their own person, and that is the beauty of it. Well, and and also it must be said, you came on the lunch show with me last year, you and Kerry frequently, um, and it was a real sort of seventy-five plus operation. Like there's two just real old dudes that really should be pensioned away, getting on <laughs> national TV, and it still shocks me to this day that that, that was allowed to happen. Smitty. Oh, mate, I go to the ground every morning, and so uh, am I. Am, am I on the lunch today? Pick, pick me, like in the schoolyard. Eh? Pick me, please. Pick me in your team. <laughs> uh, you're a good man, Smitty. Um, hopefully, we get to Bangalore safely, yeah. and um, and the Kiwis get the job done tomorrow, and on we go. Yeah, mate, you're like Bangalore. Thanks, mate. No waves, lots of trees. <laughs> Going to Bangalore, thank you. How long is the flight to Bangalore? It's one hour forty minutes. Okay, thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Indigo flight into two three eight to Bangalore is currently delayed. Hmm. Could be a bit of a delay here, but nevertheless, I reckon that's a good spot to finish episode six of the Travel Diaries. Shout out to you all. Been getting a lot of social media messages on Mark Howard 03 that people are enjoying it. I wasn't sure how it was going to go, so nice to know that it's giving some people a bit of an idea about what goes on. I still can't believe what happened with Maxi. I hope I could convey in some ways how hot it was, how brilliant he was, and what the atmosphere was like. But I reckon it's time to wrap up here. Episode 7 is coming. Jam-packed. Jam-packed episode 7... So keep an ear out for it, give your family a hug, peace and love.